Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come this morning and worship you today. And so I just pray, Lord God, that you enlighten our minds and our hearts to be focused on your word. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good morning. Today is week three in our message series, Are You Able? Are you able to be more like Jesus? In a world that is constantly bombarding us to conform to its image, we are called to be set apart, to be holy, and to conform to his image. There is no greater calling and no higher priority than this. Nothing will bring true fulfillment or true freedom like being more like Jesus. Are you able? Last week we talked about our need to be teachable or teach able. To be able as he is able, I said last week, we must be teachable. We can either learn and grow by being teachable or we can ignore and go by being unteachable. To be teachable, we first must be humble. Humility is what leads to teachability. We then must seek wisdom. And the primary way we do this is by listening. If we're not listening, we are not learning. And when we're in conversations with people, we must listen to understand, not to respond. Everything about being teachable is summed up in us fearing the Lord. That's how we can be teachable. And not only, not only are we to be teachable, we are to be teach-able, where we are able to teach others. We do this by first being ready. <clears throat> where we are always ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope that we have in Jesus. And second, we are to be teach-able by being responsible. And we all are responsible for the great co-mission. We cannot make disciples nor teach them to obey all that Jesus commands without us being teach-able. And our greatest teacher and helper is the Holy Spirit. So we never need to do this alone. Today, we're going to talk about being hospitable or being hospital-able. The only thing that separates being hospitable from being a hospital is being able. Let me say that again. The only thing that separates being hospitable from being a hospital is being able. Are you with me? A hospital is where people go who are physically sick or injured to get well. A church should be where people go who are spiritually sick and, or injured to get well. And all mankind suffers from the disease of sin. So we are all spiritually sick. And what makes this disease of sin so dangerous is that it deceives in order to destroy. Satan is not out to just inconvenience our lives. He's out to destroy them. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy but Jesus comes to give us life. And not just any old life. He came to give us an abundant life. That's why the church should be the place where the spiritually sick, the broken, and the poor in spirit come to get healed. You see, that's what the abundant life is. It's healing from the disease of sin. The church is not the place for perfect people. It is not the place to come in and fake it as if we've got it all together. And it's not where we go to show off our righteousness. 
Jesus told the Pharisees in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, he said this, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We all suffer from the sickness of sin. And we have no righteousness of our own apart from Jesus. The church should be a hospital where we gather with others in all our brokenness, in all our messiness to be made well. Now, here's the image. Here's the image I want you to get in your mind. People should come to church, roll up both of their sleeves, and have both arms connected to the IV of the Holy Spirit so that they can be completely filled with hope and grace and forgiveness and peace and joy and love and ultimately healing. Jesus is our only cure. He is the great physician. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals. The church should be a hospital, not a hospice, where we're content to live in our sinfulness on our way to death. Let's not kid ourselves. A hospital is where we go to be made well. A hospice is where we go, right, to be made as comfortable as possible with our sickness while we wait to die. The church is not a hospice. It is a hospital. It's a hospital where the sick get well. It is not a hospice where the sick are comforted and entertained before they die unchanged. Are you with me? Are you able? Are you able to be more like Jesus? As Christ followers, we must be hospitable and we must be hospital able. This should be one of the main components to us walking out our faith. And more often than not, when we think of being hospitable, we often think about inviting someone into our home and having a meal with them. While being, hospital can certainly, or being hospitable can certainly involve breaking bread together in our homes with others, it doesn't stop there. Being hospitable is actually so much more, and we're going to talk about that. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, he reminds us that we are to be a living sacrifice to God. And that we're not to conform to this world, but that we are to allow God to transform us through the renewal of our minds. This is what allows us to know and understand God's will for our lives. And then Paul, in the very same chapter in Romans chapter 12, he teaches us about spiritual gifts. And we all have one. If you were a child of God, you have a spiritual gift. But it wasn't given to you for you. It was given to us so that we would serve others. It's so that we would serve others in the body of Christ. And right after this, in verse 9 of chapter 12, he says, don't just pretend to love others. Actually love them. Really love them. And then in verse 13, he gives one way for us to really love others. Here it is. Here's what he says. He says, we are to share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now, I actually prefer the Christian Standard Bible translation here. I like that rendering of the last part of the text better because it says, pursue hospitality. Pursue is a bit stronger than practice, and it's also much closer to the Greek word that's used here, which is dioko. And it means to follow after, to pursue, to chase hard after. And then the Greek word for hospitality is philoxenia. And it literally means to love strangers. And when we put these two words together, we should be pursuing or chasing hard after the love 
of strangers. Now, it's one thing to fellowship with people we know. But being hospitable is not just about loving those we already know. It's about loving those we don't know. Listen to what the author of the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Here's what he says. Do not forget to show hospitality to who? Strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. This is exactly what happened to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. One day, Abraham was sitting at the door of his tent during the hottest part of the day. And when he looked up, he saw three men standing nearby. And he immediately got up, he ran over to them, bowed down to them, and he welcomed them. He encouraged the men to rest with him in the shade. And then he served them by bringing water to wash their feet and food to refresh them. Now, the details in Genesis chapter 18 are important. Abraham did not run inside his tent, open up his refrigerator, and grab a whole bunch of leftovers. He didn't stop by his pantry to grab a bag of Doritos or Ho-Hos either. No, Abraham ran to the herd of cattle, and he picked out his best and most tender calf to serve. Then he brought the roasted meat along with the milk and yogurt for his three guests to enjoy. Why did he do this? Because he was being hospitable. He loved these strangers as if they were part of his own family. And it just so happens that these strangers, they weren't no ordinary strangers either. One of them was the Lord himself, was the angel of the Lord. It's a Christophany. That was Jesus before he was actually born. It's really cool when you read this. And the other two were angels, which goes right back to what we just said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, where those we show hospitality to could very well be angels, and we not even know it. Are you able? Are you able to be hospitable? Jesus is more than able. He is our greatest example on how to be hospitable. And what's so interesting about this is that Jesus didn't even have a home. He is the greatest example of how to be hospitable, and yet he was homeless while he was here on this earth, which means being hospitable has little to do with our homes. Think about this. We most often think about showing hospitality. We think about bringing people into our homes and breaking bread together with them. But more often than not, in these settings, what's the focus? What's the focus? Our houses have to be spotless. Everything has to be just perfect. And the focus is often on the host and not as much on those we are hosting. You see, that is entertaining. That is not showing hospitality. And there's a big difference. Being hospitable puts the focus squarely on others and off of ourselves. It's where we treat others as the guests of honor, and we don't seek the honor ourselves. Entertaining is more about status-seeking. Showing hospitality is about being a servant. Entertaining is, here I am. Showing hospitality is, here you are. Now, I love how Jen Wilkins so aptly distinguishes between these two. Here's what she says. She says, entertaining seeks to impress while showing hospitality seeks to bless. Man, that was so good, I had to put it up on the screen. Entertaining seeks to impress while showing hospitality seeks to bless. And something else here. Jesus didn't need a home to show hospitality because the focus wasn't on a physical location. It was on the people. And you see, the church is not about a home. It's not about a building. It's about the people. The church isn't a building. It's a body. It's all about the people. 
You and I are his church. We are his body. That's where our focus should be when it comes to being hospitable. Are you able? Are you able to be hospitable like Jesus? Jesus welcomed outsiders. He welcomed outsiders. We cannot be hospitable without welcoming outsiders. It's easy to welcome our best friends or those we think that will help to elevate ourselves. The real test of being hospitable is how welcoming we are to those who may be on the margins of our society. Jesus ate with tax collectors. He ate with hated Samaritans. He loved all sinners because he was welcoming to outsiders. There was not one single person who was an outsider that he did not invite to become an insider. In John chapter 4, Jesus purposely went and sat down by Jacob's well. This was the well that a women from nearby village would come to draw water from twice a day. They'd come in the morning, and then they would come in the evening. But you see, it wasn't morning, and it wasn't evening. It was noontime when Jesus showed up. And a Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well right after Jesus got there. Now, there are several things stacked against this woman to make her an outsider. First, she was a Samaritan. That was a mixed race. Those were hated. Jews hated the Samaritans. Second, she was living in sin. She had had five husbands, and the man she was living with right now was not her husband. So here she is to draw water from the well. She probably came at noontime to avoid any other people because of her reputation. And yet, what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? He engages her in conversation. This was probably something no one had done with her for years. It didn't matter about her past. It didn't matter about her position in society or her race or even her many sins. Jesus engaged her and offered her the greatest gift she could ever receive, him. Jesus welcomed her. He welcomed an outsider on the margins of society to become an insider. That is being hospitable. That is showing love to strangers. Are you able? Jesus humbly served others. We cannot be hospitable without serving others. Jesus did this over and over again. He did not come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus washed the feet of every one of his 12 disciples, even the one who betrayed him later that very same night. Jesus fed those who were hungry. He healed those who were sick. And he was always, always selfless. He always put the needs of others before his own. And one of the greatest parables that Jesus used to illustrate this was the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. Jesus used this parable to explain what it means to love our neighbor. And our neighbor does not literally have to be the person who lives next door. Our neighbor is not the person that we choose to love because of who they are. Our neighbor is not necessarily our family, our friends, or even anyone in our immediate circle. You see, our neighbor is anyone who is in need. Anyone. So Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. So turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 30. You don't have a Bible? We've got them here on the shelf you can borrow. You can follow along on your screen or on, the, on your mobile device. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 30, Jesus says this. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. 
and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped them of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion on him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed, uh, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. You see, the priest and the temple assistant were both too busy, too distracted, and too concerned with themselves to stop and help a man who was left for dead by the side of the road. But the despised Samaritan, he stopped. He put the needs of the half-dead man above his own. He showed hospitality to his neighbor. He set aside everything going on in his own life to reach out and help a man in need. He didn't treat this encounter as an inconvenience. He treated it as an opportunity to love a stranger. He took care of the stranger even at a great cost to himself. This parable is an invitation for us to embrace being hospitable. And this hospitality that we are to show is exactly what Jesus did for us. He humbly served others all the way to the cross. And that same mindset he had is exactly what you and I must have. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8 says this. In our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That is the essence of being hospitable. Being a servant who empties himself completely, even laying down one's life all for the needs of his neighbor. Jesus loved us so much that he died for us, all of us. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your present. He died for you. I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. He died for you. Some of you in this church have been around for a long time in the church. And so when you hear this, you kind of naturally kind of want to gloss over it because you've heard it so many times. Don't gloss over this. You and I were all strangers to God in this world. We were all outsiders. We were all deeply sick in our sins. And God looked down from heaven on the human race and he saw our desperate condition. We were all wasting away in our sins. We were in the world and of the world in a hospice on our way to spiritual death. And the world was just doing everything it could to make us as comfortable and as entertained as possible while we lived in this hospice. There was nothing we could do to heal ourselves. There was no remedy for our condition. And then the great physician, Jehovah Rapha, he sent his son into this world to be a hospital for us to be made well. Are you getting this? Jesus is a hospital for us to be made well because he was both hospitable and he was hospital able. 
He loved us as strangers, and he provided the means for our healing from our sins through his precious blood on the cross. It was his blood through his sacrifice that paid for all of our sins. Now, let me regroup for just a minute, and let me come back to the parable of the Good Samaritan, because it's the spiritual element in this story that we all need to see. And this is much deeper than what we see on the surface, and that is the beauty of how Jesus taught. Are you teachable? Remember that from last week? The priest and the temple assistant in that parable represent the law and the sacrifices under the old covenant. The priest was the law. That's the symbol there. The temple assistant, some Bibles it says Levite. The symbol there is sacrifices. When you put the law and sacrifices together, that is the old covenant. Guess what? Neither one of those can save you. And that's why they each pass by on the other side the half dead man is us we are in desperate need of help the samaritan represents jesus he's the one who poured the oil and the wine into the wounds of the half dead man to heal him this is the new covenant and this is the only thing that can save us the oil and the wine mixture is simply a metaphor for the blood of jesus and the holy spirit who lives on the inside of us if we have received jesus by faith the inn in that parable could very well represent the church where Jesus places us so that we can learn, grow, and have fellowship with one another as we glorify him until he returns. Isn't that amazing? I mean, come on, glory to God, hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Jesus paid for all of our sins in full. He was our substitute. That should have been us on the cross. Jesus didn't deserve it. He was perfect in every way. Yet he gave his life so that we would no longer be outsiders. We could now be insiders if we place our complete faith and trust in him. In him dying on the cross so that we could be healed. In him being buried in the tomb for three days. In him being resurrected from the dead so that we could live. And live an abundant life with him as our Lord and as our Savior. Jesus is both hospitable and hospital able. What about you? Are you able? Are you able to be hospitable and hospital able? One last point we're going to wrap up for today. Jesus actively engaged others. He actively engaged others. He was a master at engaging people. He gave them his undivided attention. And time and time again, he showed them compassion. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus was traveling from one town to the next as a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar cried out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. And many people who were in the crowd told him to shut up and said, be quiet. They weren't interested in stopping to help this man. Does that sound familiar? They weren't interested in stopping to help the man in need. That was the same problem with the priest and the Levite in the parable of the Good Samaritan. They didn't stop to help the half-dead man on the side of the road. But what did Jesus do for the blind man? What did he do for this man who cried out for mercy? In Mark chapter 10, verse 49, it says he stopped. He was on his way to another city, but he stopped. He engaged the blind man directly. He showed him compassion, and he listened to him. And he asked the blind beggar, in verse 51, he said, What do you want me to do for you? You see, that is the language of hospitality right there. 
What do you want me to do for you? That's how you actively engage people. That's how you draw them out. And that's exactly what Jesus did. When Jesus engaged people, you can't help but get the idea that you would have felt like you were the only person in the room. You'll notice that many times with Jesus, in the background, there are all kinds of chaos going on all around him. But how was Jesus? He was calm, he was focused, and he was focused on that person right in front of him. That's the picture of how hospitality should look. When we actively engage people and we draw them out, they should feel like they're at rest. They should feel this calm. They should feel this peace. And then they should feel like they are the only person in the room. Jesus did this over and over again. When he was on his way to heal a young girl, and with him was a large crowd that was all around him, there was a woman who came up who had suffered for 12 years with this bleeding issue, and she reached out by faith and touched the hem of his garment. And once again, what did he do? He immediately stopped. And then he asked in Mark chapter 5, verse 30, he said, who touched my robe? Now, the question itself is not significant. Jesus knew the answer to the question, but what was he doing? He was drawing the woman out. He was actively engaging her. He looked at her with eyes of compassion, and he healed her condition. Jesus always actively engaged people because that's what being hospitable and being hospital-able does. Are you able? The only thing that separates being hospitable from being a hospital is being able. So let me ask you some questions. Is our church a safe place for the sick to come? Are we so welcoming that we would invite anyone who is an outsider to become an insider? Anyone. Can we look past a person's past, or do we continue to judge them while the Lord is doing his work? Is this church a place where we can be vulnerable and real with our hurt and our hardships and our struggles? Jesus humbly served others. Jesus actively engaged others. It didn't matter who they were or what they had done. He always showed compassion. He always listened because he was always able. Are you able? The church is a hospital. It is not a hospice. So what can we do to be more hospitable and more hospital able? Can we care for those who are wounded? The Lord is the great physician. He is Jehovah Rapha. How can we be his hands and feet to all those who are sick in their sin, in their pain, in their struggles? How can we be more welcoming? Do we build a longer table? Do we wash more feet? How do we engage more people? How can we better serve others? How can we be more welcoming? I want to challenge all of us each month to try and invite at least one person to enjoy a meal with you. I want to encourage all of us to break more bread together, to have more fellowship together, to build more relationships together. And this challenge, it needs to go beyond our comfortable circles. It's good to be hospitable to those we know, but it's even better to be hospitable to those we don't know. So come out of your comfort zone. Be a hospital. Love strangers. Don't pretend to love them. Really love them. And when you do, you will be the hands and feet of Jesus. So let's stand together. We're going to worship together. God is more than able. Are you able?
Are you able to be more like Jesus? Are you ready to go and make an impact for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God? Are you able? God is more than able.